0: Welcome to episode one of the E-commerce Marketing and Optimization Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan, and in this episode, I'm talking with my good friend, John McIntyre, the autoresponder guy. And the reason why I wanted to get him on first is because with almost every client I work with, every e-commerce business I see, email marketing is almost always underdone not done at all or done very poorly. So in this episode, we cover a whole bunch of topics around email marketing and lifecycle marketing and John's new company, reengager.com, which specializes in email marketing for e-commerce businesses. So by the end of this episode, I hope you're excited about email marketing. There's a huge amount of potential here, particularly for bigger businesses. Basically, the bigger you are, the bigger the opportunity is. So once you've had a listen, make sure you head over to John's website at reengager.com. So that's R-E-N-G-A-G-E-R.com and try out his email marketing ROI calculator. He also has a Facebook group dedicated to e-commerce email marketing, so check that out as well. All the links from this episode will be on our website at Paretoecommerce.com forward slash email. All righty, let's get into the show.
1: You're listening to the e-commerce marketing and
0: optimization
1: podcast, the show where we help you grow your six-figure e-commerce business to seven figures and seven-figure e-commerce business to eight figures and beyond. If you want to learn more about how we can help you in your business, go to Paretoecommerce.com.
0: Okay, episode one of the e-commerce optimization and marketing podcast from Parada e-commerce. I've got Mr. Email Marketing himself on the line, John McIntyre from reengager.com. How are you going, John?
1: I'm doing good, Brandon. How are you doing?
0: Good, good. Hey, so I wanted to get you on for episode one to talk about email marketing, largely because it's very much underdone in the e-commerce space, which is a shame because for most e-commerce businesses who are doing it properly and have a proper email marketing strategy, it's probably, well, it's usually the clients we work with, one of their top three best performing marketing channels. So, I figured it would be a good topic to kick off the podcast with on episode one.
1: Yeah, man. It's crazy how big of a channel email marketing can be, but how most tools don't even do it, let alone the ones that do do it. They're usually doing it badly.
0: Yeah. I see that a lot with particularly the more small businessy clients we work with they mimic big brands a lot and big brands tend not to do email marketing very well either which is mm-hmm. interesting so you've got a new brand so you've been in the email marketing space for several years now but you have a new ish brand that focuses solely on email marketing for online retailers yeah
1: correct yeah like doing I I've been doing email marketing for yeah three years, four years, something like that, and just early this year I realized that there was a need for e-commerce to you know just set up email marketing campaigns. You know, everything from you know what I've been doing is working with all sorts of different businesses, which is great, but it's you know there's a number of challenges that come with that. And this way, it's you know I can keep things a lot simpler. It's one client, it's one type of product that we're really helping them with, one type of thing, email marketing for e-commerce, and they're all the same. So, yeah. So, now it's, you know, we've launched Reengager and or got a few clients on now and it's just all 100%. It's just email. We don't do ads. We don't do optimization. It's just email.
0: Yeah. And the beauty about doing email marketing for e-commerce business is that it's really, really easy to track the ROI. It's really easy to open up an analytics report and say, well, here's the traffic sources and here's the revenue they generated. So, you know, if you have, say, if you're an e-commerce business and you trial, you do three months of email marketing focused solely on improving that, it's really easy to say, well, look, it's, you know, it's generated like 800% increase, you know, in revenue on these channels or whatever it is, you know, it's really clear to see the ROI on the the spend on email marketing. And from, I guess, one of the other benefits, right, is it's not a channel that you have to pay a lot of money for, like, you know, Google Shopping or AdWords, for example. Mm.
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's... Aside from the expertise that you need, which you can you know develop yourself or hire someone else to do, sending an email is pretty cheap depending on the size of the database. And yeah, like you said, the ROI side of it, the way you can measure pretty much everything, where you know from you know this platform called Klaviyo, where you can send an email without a blog post that you just wrote. But if people click through that blog post and then go buy that email, will tell you how much money you made from that specific email. And so, there's this amazing, you know, ability to know what's working, where it's working, you know, all that sort of stuff, more than almost any other channel.
0: Yeah. And I see here, I'm just looking at your the re site right now. So, there's a stat on here, the average return on average on email marketing is $44.25, which is pretty amazing.
1: It's crazy, right? It's, when I first heard that, I, you know, really couldn't believe it, but... This is from a direct marketing association study done, I think it was a couple of years ago now, so it may have changed. I think I saw a more recent one where it dropped a little bit, but the interesting thing about it was how that compared to everything else. And in that study, email was 4425. The next best thing I think was search uh, down at 20 bucks per dollar spent. And then the next thing was social media down at $10 per dollar spent, which is actually really funny because I was on a site the other day looking at some pop-ups, you know, we're putting together a blog post right now. And in the pop-up it said, well, here's a coupon for free shipping or something like that. And then it had a link to six of their different social profiles. There was no email capture or email sign-up. This uh-huh. store for some strange reason seemed to think that putting a link to their Pinterest profile in their pop up was more valuable than getting someone's email address, which I think to me, like guys like Gary Vaynerchuk and, and sort of these gurus out there that go on about social media, social media is great, but right now it, it cannot compete with email.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's one thing that I talk about with clients as well that there's so much focus on social media and Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest and doing more there that they forget about email. And we always say email marketing before social because effectively to be on these platforms, you need an email address anyway, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's crazy. And also, you know, you see a lot of stats bandied around that, you know, people spend on an active Facebook user spends 30 minutes a day on the platform. Like the majority of people are spending a lot more than 30 minutes a day, particularly people with in the business space or people with money to spend, they're probably spending way more time in their inbox than on social media platforms as well. So, you know. There's 100%. That, yeah. And
1: the, I mean it's interesting too because you look at it like when people are on Facebook, typically we're using Facebook to waste time. Like we're going on there because we want to in here. We're distracted. We want to kind of take a break from our work. We don't want to go and buy shit. And so whereas, you know, in the email, you can start targeting. You can look at – one example is if you have enough data, enough volume going through the store, you can look at when purchase spikes during the day. Maybe, you know, if you have got an Australian store, for example, you might find that most people like to purchasing spikes around 3 p.m. most days. 3, you know, Three to four p.m. So, what you do is you time your email sends to go out at about two p.m. Because what happens is the majority of the opens for an email usually come within the first few hours after it gets sent. So, then you start timing your emails based on when people like to purchase, and you get a lot more there's a lot more targeting ability in there. And when people open their emails, they're usually looking for stuff to do.
0: hmm. That's true. Interesting. That's a good tactic. I hadn't thought of that. And that's really easy to see in Google Analytics as well. You can just go in and see the time of day of purchase and yep. get a breakdown and like probably take 60 seconds to do that. So, really yeah. simple. And email marketing, let's get into some details. So, when we're talking about email marketing, we're talking about more than just a monthly blast out to your list, right?
1: Yeah. So, <laughs> that's what most people I think seem to think. You know, a lot of companies think email marketing is just like, oh, we send a newsletter already. You know, what else can we really do? But there's so much and you've got a lot on the manual side of it, which is, you know, if you're already doing newsletters, how much, you know, how segmented are those, how, you know, they've been tested, have you optimized them, you know, you know, have you figured out when the best time is to send them, all that sort of stuff. There's all of that to do. But on the other side, you've got all the automated campaigns and this starts with, for example, your shipping and order confirmations, which are going out anyway. And because they're transactional by nature, they typically don't sell anything. They get high the highest open rates and the highest click rates of any emails a company's gonna send. So usually, you know, open rates are seventy, eighty, ninety percent on these emails, which means they're a great place to advertise products. Mm-hmm. So the idea there is you can optimize, you know, that's considered a trigger point. You can optimize that trigger by, you know, optimizing those emails and putting in, you know, you can mention your affiliate program, you can mention related products. And that's just one. But then you've got Card abandonment, for example, a lot of companies will know that. But if you know the ones that do it usually only have one email, it's usually the, the default Shopify email or whatever platform they're running on, which is <laughs> I terrible. Then you've got like a welcome email or a welcome campaign, which there's a lot of value in that. Here's what's interesting, when I was doing some research on this for a post recently, the welcome campaign, where is this? Syria. 74.4% of consumers expect a welcome email when they subscribe. And 33 subscribers who receive a welcome email show on average 33% more long-term engagement and welcome emails generate four times the open rates, five times the click rates of like standard bulk newsletter promotions. And in the end, welcome emails see more than three times the transactions and revenue per email over regular promotional emails. So this is like one email or you can make it a couple of different emails, but someone signs up to the list, you know, they sign up via the pop-up that says get 10% off and you send them an email, you send them two or three emails. And there's a ton of value in that, but almost no one Yeah, there's some bigger companies or more sophisticated companies that are doing it, but there's a lot of companies out there that don't do that. So, and there's just more and more of these different trigger points. You know, you you walk me on. Then you got your nurturing. You know, you nurturing subscribers with content with different things. You've got new customers, repeat customers. You got people who need to reorder because there's you know their supplements or vitamins ran out after 30 days. Re-engagement campaigns. So when people stop opening and clicking emails, it's basically just a variety of different triggers, and you can you know. You want to create campaigns for each of those triggers. It's all automated, so that when someone signs up, when someone buys something, they go into this, you know, I one person call it, an email marketing maze, where they're just getting <laughs> sent from like one campaign to another, and it's all you build it. It's relatively straightforward to build, but you know every subscriber could take a custom path through that based on their behavior and the way they interact with your company.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the beauty about this right it's automated once you set it up it runs in the background and sure it's going to need some maintenance but you know it's going to take some work to get it up and running you work with someone like you to get you know it tailor-made to your business but then it just sits there like things like the welcome email you do it once and it might need an update once or twice a year and you're sweet right
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the best part is because you can set some of this stuff up, like card abandonment email properly done. So, we're not talking like a default basic version, but like a properly executed card abandonment email is usually going to increase the revenue by 5 to 15 percent. Depends on the store. This case study is sort of at the lower end, the higher end of that. And so, but once that's set up, that's you can go and hire someone to do that, you can do it yourself. That's just going to go on generating that lift in revenue forever.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. You think about it. If someone listening to this right now is they're not doing a banner card emails right now, then that means that they're basically losing, let's say, when you add them in, add a card abandonment email in, it boosts revenue by 15%. So, let's, you know, if you're not doing it right now, they're effectively losing 15% of their revenue. So, yeah, absolutely crazy, huh?
1: Exactly. And then when you look at it like all these other campaigns, you put them all together and they sort of, you know, send people back and forth between them in this, you know, email marketing mess. They don't all increase it by 15% so you get this exponential thing of like 400. It doesn't work like that. But I think like they all bring value to the table. So someone, you know, card abandonment increases your conversion rate, your new and repeat customer campaigns, increase reorder amounts, your re-engagement keeps people like staying in the funnel, staying in opening emails, all of that. And so you're adding percentage points here and there and, you know, everywhere. And so, you know, at the end of the day, you're looking at 20, 30, 40% increase in overall revenue when you implement everything. And for a you know a small store doing one or two million dollars a year, that's four hundred thousand. You know, it could be four hundred thousand mm-hmm, dollars.
0: Mm-hmm. And you're not just talking about blasting them with discounts, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's really interesting. It's I mean, just, I like
0: it's, the default approach that many people take.
1: Yeah, it's just I always send another discount. I think discounts are sort of their value in the sense of there's a time and a place. But I think partly it depends on the market that you're in. If you're in like a commoditized market where everyone's trying to you know have the cheapest price, discounts are probably one of your best bets. But hopefully you're not like that because. you're just you don't really want to be in a market like that and discounts i think just you know we've talked about this before it's like discount devalues the product mm-hmm. and you yeah. i think you've got this analogy of you know it's sort of like you go into a shop you're like no i don't really want that and the shopkeeper runs out the front of the store and he's like i'll give you 10 percent off and then you walk, and like, off. <laughs> you walk a little bit further it's like 15 percent off you walk a little bit further it's like 20 percent off and it can feel a bit like that with stores sometimes it's like just you know chill out and so there's some other alternatives to that you got free shipping You've got bundled offers where you say, like, we'll do, you know, order at least $50 and we'll, we'll throw in, like, a black tea. I saw that with company recently. Or you can do discounts where it's like, look, we'll give you 10% off, but you have to order $120 mm-hmm. because you could work out a way there where you're adding the discount in, but because you're making people buy more stuff, it, it works out better in the long run anyway. I think the main thing is, like, to understand there's a lot of different ways to sell stuff than just discounts.
0: Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of ways to add value as well, like, and build an, an ongoing relationship with the customer too. There's a lot of things they might not know about the product or complementary services or products you sell or things that they should know that they might forget about the product or maintenance and all sorts of stuff
1: yeah 100%
0: yeah because I'm just looking at your website now so you've got on the home page you've got 12 different I guess types of emails that you can send there's probably you know 100 more but you know that's a good place to start if someone's wondering what sort of emails they can send in their business or what's appropriate for their business right
1: yeah, yeah that will be a good sort of just list to go through.
0: Nice checklist.
1: There's a Shopify blog post we did. i got another one coming up soon on um, Digital Marketer, which is going to have even more campaigns. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really like, the, I think the easy way to think about it is like you've got, you know, in the, today, you know, the technology is very cheap just because technology is becoming, I think, increasingly commoditized. You can, there's just a variety of different triggers within any business app any online business. So thinking about like events, anytime someone adds something to the cart and then leaves the website without buying, that's an event Mm -hmm. that you can track with you know tracking software. So anything that you can track as an event like that, you can use to trigger some kind of email campaign. Mm -hmm. And so every event is usually like a leverage point where if you set up a few emails to go out, you're going to bring back, it might be 15% like the cart abandonment or it might be, it might only be like 2%. But if you do 2% across like 10 different things, it's not 20%, it's 24 or something because you get that exponential like it's two percent of two percent of two percent of two percent so it's yeah it's very interesting how this you know how this works so yeah i think you know think about like triggers five ten twenty fifteen different triggers actually one way what i'll do i'll bring up this digital marketing guest post because there's an image that we're using and the way we're breaking it down i think this makes it really easy to understand so the outline of the system is you can break it down in terms of you might have heard of like middle of funnel bottom of funnel which is one way people talk about understanding funnels. So with email, you can think about it in terms of interested, but haven't bought anything yet, engaged in the sense that they've bought something now and then lapsed is in that they haven't bought within a certain amount of time. I haven't opened, they haven't mm-hmm. done anything for a while. So interested, the goal of each stage is different. The goal of the interested stage is to get them to make a purchase for the first time. The goal of the engaged stage is, to, number one, to keep them engaged, and two, to keep them, to make them buy again and again and again and again. And then lapsed is they're disengaged, they're not opening emails, they're not buying, and so we have different campaigns. That the goal is to get them to re-engage. So in each step there, we've got different campaigns. So for the interested, step one, the goal is to get them to make their first purchase. You've got your welcome campaign, a lead nurture campaign, and all sorts of promotions you can run for the first purchase. Mm-hmm. It could be discounts, could be other stuff. You've got the engaged stage. So let's say they've bought something and now we want to keep them buying and keep them engaged as well so they buy in the long term. You've got transactional emails, card abandonment, new customers, repeat customers, renewals and reorders, service alerts. up. So all these are like... There's a lot of reasons you can email people and every time you email them is an excuse to put like a photo of a product that they might want to buy. Mm -hmm. So you've got like service alerts, like here's an update about our company, upcoming events if you're running events, special promotions. So special promotions is interesting because you can do this with, I'll do, so special promotions and reward programs. Special promotions is sort of like the thing you could say, send an email to go into your email software and say, show me all the customers that have spent over $100 in the last six months brings up, say, 20% of your database, and then you create a special promotion that's just for them. So you go and find your high-value customers, and you create a special promotion just for them. I think there's a lot of value in that. You've got reward programs. So you could have a points program or something like that, <laughs> where they get a certain amount of points per purchase, win back for occasional. So if people aren't buying, like maybe they've only bought once in the last six months, send them a promotion. Page triggers, so someone visits a page, send them an email. Birthdays, pretty simple. Retentions, more or less just content and keeping them engaged and lapsed is just the, your two triggers there are like haven't bought within x days or haven't opened or clicked in x days you know 5 10 30 60 days something like that and you can have all you know emails that go out to them from stuff where you say oh we're going to unsubscribe you if you don't open an email oh, yeah. or you can say well, look we notice you aren't opening emails can you fill out this survey and tell us why or can you hit reply like or you can send them a promotion from the get like just straight out mm-hmm. so it's like thinking about it that way there's three different stages and then creating campaigns for each step in that stage.
0: Wow. Okay. So, there's a lot there. Yeah. What, is there a particular tool that you like to use? Is there something you'd recommend? That Because some of those things, I, I mean, I guess MailChimp is like the, in the entry-level point and it's a lot more powerful than it used to be. But there are, I think you mentioned Clavio, There are specific tools for e-commerce, right?
1: Yeah. If, I mean, we advise every every person we speak to, even if we don't work with them, we tell them to sign up to Klaviyo. So far, just I haven't seen anything that's up to their standard for their price. Because mm-hmm. you can go sign up to something like, I think, Bronto. But Bronto is it's like an enterprise-level system. It powers, I think, the majority of the top 1,000 internet retailers. And the pricing is just it's out of the range of most <laughs> businesses. So, Lavio is good. They power a lot of bigger businesses too, but you've got pricing that's really suitable for smaller businesses and they do all the stuff that we're talking about here.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. It's important there that the tool is able to do these things because you're not going to be able to do a lot of that stuff with just a vanilla AWeber or MailChimp, right?
1: No. Uh, no, you, know, you shouldn't. Uh, he's the other thing, right? They shouldn't do, don't sign up to Infusionsoft, don't use Entreport, don't use AWeber or MailChimp. MailChimp, I think, yeah, some constant contact, all those ones, they can work, but they're just too basic. Infusionsoft, yep. you know, I think is oversold and overvalued, especially with
0: e-commerce. <laughs> well Don't get me started. I'm in the <laughs> I have two Infusionsofts, two different businesses, and we're moving away. So... <laughs>
1: You know, another one that I've just heard a friend of mine's um, going on about is Autopilot.
0: Autopilot? Not Office Autopilot?
1: No, not Office Autopilot. It's Autopilot HQ, I think. And it's not really for e-commerce, so I don't know how relevant it is for this, but I don't think it's for e-commerce. But it looks like a much better version of Infusionsoft. There's a drag-and-drop editor. There's a lot of stuff you can do where my friend's syncing it up with his site where he's got a membership area, and he can track his users when they log into the membership area and send them a pop-up on like the bottom right-hand side of the screen that says, "Oh, you haven't visited this page yet. Go check this out." Wow! So there's a lot of like, it's a lot more than just an email platform. It looks like it's really well put together. It's easy to use. There's drag and drop. It's you know great UI. So that's something to think about. I don't think it's. I don't know. Maybe it is for. Um, maybe it will work for e-commerce.
0: Mm-hmm. Not okay. sure. It's interesting. I'll check it out. So, I mean, for someone who's listening to this, right? I mean, I'd hope that everybody is convinced that email marketing is a strategy that should be in their overall marketing arsenal, but you have an ROI calculator on your website, which is probably the first place people should look if they're interested in digging deeper on this stuff, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the ROI calculator, that'll take you through, you plug in some details, and that'll give you sort of a rough prediction on what sort of revenue and profit you can expect. But if there's an aggressive estimate and a conservative estimate, just to give you a range there. And it's impossible to give you an exact figure. <laughs> that's at uh, reengager.com slash ROI. And it takes you, you could do it in like two or three minutes and yeah. you go through and yeah.
0: Cool. Awesome. And what else? You've got a Facebook group as well, that's pretty active with e-commerce people who are interested in email marketing too, right?
1: Yeah, so there's the best thing to do is like you'll find everything on reengaged.com. If you scroll down to the bottom, there's a resources column or section, and you can check out. I mean, there's a few blog posts that we're starting to put up now. There's a recent one on email promotions we just did, there's a couple of white papers, you got the ROI calculator, and the private Facebook group. So everything's down there. That's probably the easiest place to do it because it's just all in one place. You can click and search around, and I mean, another thing you can do if you want is that there's a media page which we just did a week or two ago. Which if you click all those, you know, as seen on logos, that'll take you to the media page, and there must be forty or fifty different email marketing podcasts like this one. This one will probably be on this page actually when it goes live. They're all there, so you can if you want to listen to more podcasts about it too. You can just go on the media page. That's reengager com slash media, and just. Yeah, there's like 50 different interviews all over the
0: internet. <laughs> I'm looking at it now. There's a lot there. <laughs> cool. yeah.
1: So, yeah.
0: Awesome. That's cool. So, I think that's pretty much it. Anything else that people should know? Any other advice you have for people who are thinking about going down this path?
1: The main thing is just to, you know, people ask me this at the end of podcasts. And it's always like, just go and do it. Like, I mean, it's not so much about perfection, but a lot of business owners, it's easy to, you know, I just want to get it off my table. Like, it's not really their focus right now. But the best thing they could do if they don't have the time... To get on the phone with me or get on the phone with someone, some kind of agency that can help you do this and get it handed off because it's money that you're in one sense losing every single month. So the sooner you get the process started, the sooner you can start you know, capturing some of that revenue because you can't go back in time and capture the last six months mm-hmm, worth of
0: mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: revenue there. Or the other thing to do is go grab – say if you've got someone on the team who can do it because that's the other alternative and that's what I'm doing with this post with Digital Market right now, you could probably send them to the Shopify post. Send that to, like, your employee or maybe you've got an internet marketing consultant you work with someone and they could go through a few different blog posts that we've created and they could put together, a, I'd say, a, probably a decent plan. Mm-hmm. And at the very least, they can get it started themselves and... Like I said, start getting it going today mm-hmm. and then you can optimize it over time, so.
0: Yep, yeah, Awesome advice. I think that's spot on. All righty. Well, thanks for coming on the show, man. No that's worries, good dude. It's to be on. There's some it's awesome good to chat. people to check out. I think that ROI calculator is an awesome place to get started, particularly if you're not convinced. So, you know, it'll show you the raw numbers, the napkin maths, and then yep. hopefully that's enough to get you over the line if you're sitting on the fence, I think.
1: Yeah, 100%. 100%. Cool, dude.
0: All right. We'll catch you next time, hey?
1: Yeah, sounds good, brother.
0: Sweet. Thanks, mate. See ya. Thanks for listening to the e-commerce marketing and optimization
1: podcast. If you want the latest e-commerce tips, tactics, and strategies, make sure to
0: join our mailing list at Paretoecommerce.com.